One of these times I want to replace our intro song with a Mary Tyler Moore song. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, hello everybody. Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire episode 209. We are the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast brought to you by affable idiots. I am one of your hosts, Chad Michael Linus. We have on the other side of the screen, if you're watching visually over at twitch.tv slash affable idiots right now, Holden Popeye's Chicken Sandwich Depardo. I mean, Chick-fil-A sandwiches are better, but Popeye's, it's close. It's close. I seem to remember a time not too long ago where you claimed that Popeye's chicken sandwich was better than Chick-fil-A sandwich. Mm, no, I said it might be, and then I've gone back and forth, and I've settled on, it's close. Well. It's close. You should be flattered that I called you the Popeye's chicken sandwich, assuming that it was your favorite. I, mean, I wasn't hurt by it. Good. I'm not it's like... Oh my god, second place by like a little bit. Oh no. I'm fine. You are, okay. you are a second place sandwich. We also have with us here joining us for the first time on an Affabilities podcast, we have Jeff Walker. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Jeff, you um, are a fan of the show, which makes me a fan of you. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a lifelong well, friend. Well, thank you. You also have um, a show that you do and content that you work on, and I would love for you to let the people know. How do, how do people get in touch with you and learn about what you do? Yes, I do have my own podcast. It is called The Pokemon Snapshot, where my one of my best friends, Tyler, and I, we are chronologically going through the po Pokemon anime. So we do an episode a week, and we'll be hitting the movies and everything like that you can find it on any of your podcasting networks apple google uh you can also find us on twitter at pokemon snapshot or you can find myself on twitter at ransrick and then also i also help ho a co-host of the efg show on engage family gaming on twitch on thursday nights we know them that's awesome how appropriate that you do a pokemon podcast and this weekend Pokemon Snap came out. <laughs> it's almost like I planned that to be on this week. <laughs> oh my gosh. To be the whole perfect, world. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, we're hoping Pokemon Snap, people searching for that, will bring our podcast up. It hasn't helped yet. <laughs> we'll drive as much traffic <laughs> as we can. Every tweet from here the next like five weeks that I tweet about Pokemon Snap will be tagging Pokemon Snapshot as well. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot today, including Pokemon Snapshot, but, uh, well, this doesn't really work whenever I bring up the topic of the show right off the bat. Well, let's pretend I didn't talk about Pokemon Snap. We're going to be talking about The Last of Us Part 3. We're going to be talking about Ripley's Believe It or Not, EA Wants to Make Money, Whoa! and a lot more, but we're actually going to jump into Pokemon Snap right off the bat. The world has come full circle. Pokemon Snap from N64 has made its way now to new Pokemon Snap on Nintendo Switch. I've played it. Jeff has played it. Holden has not played it. Let's get no, into I our impressions. Um, I would love to start by just a little bit of a history. Like, what is your history with Pokemon Snap? Holden, go. Do you have anything with the N64 version? No. All right. I'm going to be yeah. such a great uh, voice in this uh, particular segment with no experience with the new or old version of Pokemon Snap. Perfect. Jeff, what's your history Glad with Pokemon Snap specifically? 
Uh, I never owned the original back in the day. I played it at a friend's house, and I rented it, so... That's about it. I never played it as much. I've probably now played new Pokemon Snap more than I've played the original Pokemon Snap. I'm kind of in your same exact boat. I've played, um, I played Pokemon Snap as a rental from Blockbuster twice. I rented it two times. I believe I got through it and, and beat it. But, you know, I don't, I don't think I know a single person in my life that has owned Pokemon Snap. It's also not a co- topic of conversation that comes up very often. But we do own the new one. Um, I'm about two and a half hours in, two hours maybe. Uh, I've been through the first two locations, day and night on both. But it sounds like there's a lot more for me to explore because you are much further in the game. Jeff, tell me about your experience with it so far. Yeah, I think I'm maybe four or five, maybe six hours. I don't know. I don't keep track. Um, but I'm about six or seven locations, and the game is gorgeous. It is what probably 10-year-old me thought the original Pokemon Snap looked like. Right. <laughs> I, I just, I love seeing the Pokemon just interacting with each other, and one of the cool things that a lot of the levels do is there's a story that plays out through the level. So, one of the earlier levels, you have a Grookey and a Pichu running through, and they're at every different part of this level as you go on, and they're just chasing each other. So, I am really enjoying it, and um, it's been really nice because my wife, who doesn't play video games, we've actually been playing on the TV and taking turns because she's really been enjoying it. Have you, how, have you played it both handheld and on the TV? I've only played it on the TV. So, I just played a handheld, actually right before I got on. I did a couple runs. Uh, It still looks good. I mean, I'm not huge into, like, it has to be 1080p or whatever, so I still think it looks nice. And honestly, people were talking about some parts of it chugging along. The only real big section, there is a part where a whale whale lord comes out of your screen onto the screen and it goes down to maybe like 10 frames a second (laughs) (laughs) but besides that no it it looks great either way i agree with you i think that it does it looks really really great it's that nintendo i mean technically it's not nintendo but uh it's that nintendo quality on like a lower performing hardware somehow they just pull a lot out of the the lower technology that they've got available to them um I've, as I mentioned, I've only played it on the TV, and I've played with both the regular standard controls on the Joy, two, I have two Joy-Cons, standard controls, and I've also turned on motion controls, and I think I prefer motion controls with the Joy-Cons, but I'm curious in handheld, I feel like it's, it's weird because you control the camera with just moving the right Joy-Con up, down, left, right, whatever it is, but I feel like if it were handheld, you might be able to like actually just move the switch and take a picture, almost like you're in an augmented reality type thing. Yeah, I have not tried with motion controls yet, so I'm excited to try that it's, out. Especially since we were playing with my daughter, who's five, I didn't think she'd get it as well, so without use the controller, which she gotcha. still didn't get, so. <laughs> <laughs> You We're like you're just see. taking pictures of the sky, <laughs> <laughs> but there are birds in the sky. There are all sorts of different birds up there. 
Um, it, yeah, one of the things that there I'm, are a lot of birds, and I think that's one thing I did like about the game. It gives some love to like well lesser known Pokemon. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it, these Pokemon that I didn't. There are some of them that I don't even recognize in there. There are still a couple of generations that I I haven't played. Basically, anything that's not in Pokemon Go or that's not in the most recent generation, I have no idea what it is. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things in there that I've never been exposed to. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, that's kind of adorable. Or, oh my gosh, that thing is ugly as hell. <laughs> yeah. And same here. It's like once I hit Generation 3, I've played all, except for Generation 5. That is a blind spot because we were talking before we got on that. That was in college. I couldn't buy a lot of games and a lot of new games in college. Because I was poor. Um, but once I hit Generation 3, it's a hit or a miss if I know what generation a Pokemon comes from. Yeah, have you found that... Do you do you know off the top of your head whether all of the Pokemon are represented in this game? Or is it just like a subsection of everything? I know they announced over 200. I doubt all... A lot of people are saying that Galar isn't very rep well represented, and that could be because this game was in production at the same time that Sword and Shield were. Yeah. And DLC. But, I, they, but they've said over 200, and yeah, Holden, it is perfect for DLC, and I'm hoping they come out with DLC. I think it could be, be great, um, you know, give us a few new worlds or, you know, introduce more Pokemon that weren't originally mm -hmm. in the game. Yeah, and I think it would be pretty easy to do just to, since it's already broken up into like locations that you don't necessarily like go from location to location. You just like pick a spot on the map. How easy it would it be to say, all right, here's a brand new location. It's tropical or it's underwater and you just warp right there. And uh, so I think you're right. It could be a really great DLC um, Nintendo game, which is not very common, unfortunately. But as far as the game goes itself, I'm having a really great time with it. It's, I think the, what I'm seeing across the internet that I kind of agree with is it is, it is N64 Pokemon, Pokemon Snap just on Switch and uh, with yeah. updated graphics and it's, it's exactly that. So if you weren't a fan of that experience on N64, you're not going to be a fan of that experience on Switch. But I think it's really cool to kind of see these Pokemon in their element and um, seeing them interacting with each other and seeing like a Grookey and a Pichu asleep underneath, I forget the name of the giant turtle one from... Torterra. Yes, Torterra. Under the underneath the little Torterra, I think is adorable. Have you, have you, Jeff? Have you um, done any of the like? I know it's weird to think of this as a photo mode in a photo game, but but where you can go back and like reframe your shots that you liked best and put filters on them and stuff like that. Have you done any of that? I have not. I am not creative with something like that. <laughs> so no. I was actually surprised to see the mode in there. It was after you at the very end of the the level you get a chance to say all right which photos do i want to save which photos do i want to um, discard but then you can go back through them and you can say all right i like what was in this photo but i don't like how i framed it or that they were off center or whatever it might be and you can actually just like reframe it remove the camera you can uh, detect, uh, yeah focus i didn't mess with that like if a Pokemon's not center, it was so cool that you could just move the camera so the Pokemon was the center of the camera and it didn't like cut off the corners it just moved where your camera was yeah as if you were just like back in the engine in the in the level to begin with so i'm i'm having a really fun time with it 
Uh, I will definitely keep playing it. I feel like this is going to be a game that I pick up in short spurts whenever I'm like, oh, I don't have a meeting for another 15 minutes and I can't start anything else. Might as well just play through a level or whatever it might be. Uh, are you are you enjoying it? This is your first time since having you've actually owned the a Pokemon Snap game. Are you enjoying yeah. it? I am. I guess I do have a few nitpicks with it. Uh, it's very vague on how you un like what you're supposed to do to unlock the next level. So it's uh, like I have like five levels open, and it's like, oh, you still need to do this, but it didn't tell me what level to go to. Or there's still something to explore. Like one of the levels is under the sea. It's like there's still something to explore under the sea, but it didn't tell me what I was looking for. And I went through the level and didn't see anything special. Uh, also, I don't think it has like in the original Pokemon Snap. I, I one of the more iconic scenes is you throw an apple or fluff fruit, whatever they called it then, at a Charmeleon and it falls into a volcano and evolves <laughs> into Charizard. I haven't seen anything like that yeah. yet. So, but I'm I'm really enjoying it. I I plan on at least getting through the end. Uh, I guess the only other nitpick I have is like for each Pokemon to unlock their full Pokedex entry, uh, you have to get a one, two, three, and four star. Yeah. Uh, rating. So you have to get four pictures of each. But it doesn't tell you what Pokemon, what how you get each rating. And say you're taking pictures of a Pikachu and it's your first time and you get a one, two, and a three star. You can only take one of those in. Which is kind of annoying. So, and then sometimes they don't make sense. Like I, I had a three star and you could barely see a Pokemon. And then I had cool, I had a picture, yeah, then I had a picture where I'm like, oh, it's so cool, it's like I'm looking through the brush, and then it goes, no, you can't use that picture, the Pokemon's unavailable. It's, you can't see it, so. <laughs> I had one too, where I'm like, it told me it was a picture of Grookey, and I'm like, Grookey's nowhere in this picture. There's some grass, there's like one of those buffalo things, and there is no Grookey, but it's like, yeah, this is a two-star picture of Grookey. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I had one of those with Metapod. I took the picture. I look over at my wife. I'm like, do you see Metapod in this picture? I didn't even know Metapod was on that stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's camouflaging as a defense technique against predators. It's yeah. just trying and to protect then, itself. And then again, where it's so vague, it's like, I think it was like a two star. And I'm like, how do I get a four star picture of this Metapod? It doesn't move. Mm. <laughs> yeah because you have to usually get them to like do something and like do yeah. their action in order to to get higher stars on it and then it's like what do you do with the metapod that's just, so frustrating you just for like 100% completionists yeah. it, well, you can't even go to a guide on, I mean, is there a guide online that I I'm guess sure don't know how someone will yet. have one but there is one way so they have these like I don't know, achievements or special photos they want you to t take. So, like, one of them they told me, you know, oh, I want you to get... It'd be so cool to see a Pelipper eating something or swooping down. And so, when I'm in, like, this beach level, I throw one of my fluff fruit into the ocean and the Pelipper swoops down. I got a picture as it was swooping down. And then that unlocked the... So, I think those are how you're supposed to find out how the four stars pictures are. 
I didn't even realize those were a thing until I was like literally about to log off. I'm like, cool, I'm done with it. Wait a minute, what's that little flashing thing up with the Y button? Yeah. And then I was like, what? There yeah, are all of these picture you. challenges in there? Yeah. And then like, I don't know, have you unlocked the luminous orbs yet? No. Okay, so they give you these orbs that make Pokemon glow, and you're like, what? Like, it's cool, but it's like, I throw it at Pokemon, they glow green. Is that supposed to make a better picture? I don't know. <laughs> because I did one, it was like three stars, and then I did it to another one, and it was a cool picture because it was like nighttime, the per Pokemon was glowing green, it was a Lycanroc, and then it's like one star. So... <laughs> yeah sometimes they don't make sense they'll, they'll be like this is a two star picture and then like the Pokemon's not even in it and then like something you get is amazing and it's like oh, this is one star oh I have a question for you you might know this by the time that you've reached 11th world on this thing um, I haven't noticed there's the star system one two three four stars but then there's also like a bronze yeah. one star there's a silver one star and a gold one star as well yeah I, I haven't really realized, like, why. <laughs> like, it, no matter what, it counts I, as the one-star picture. Yeah, Wait. I think that's just... A, so, yeah, so there's, like... And I don't know... I heard someone say platinum, but I'm like... But you can't really tell. Is it platinum or silver? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if there's one above gold. The colors are so similar, and it doesn't name them. Uh, It's based on your points. Each picture is given a point, so... Like, I'm going through, and I have a high, a gold one star, and then a bronze four star, so the one star picture has more points to it. So points that is, is not so how many stars. Confusing. So, so stars is basically what's going on in the picture. Yeah. And then points is... And once is... you get... Is just okay. another arbitrary rating system. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and once you get all four pictures for a Pokemon, it unlocks their Pokedex entry. Yeah, it's just as confusing. That is as you unbelievably think, confusing. Yeah, yeah. I because <laughs> I, I first think oh four stars like oh it's like a movie review. This movie was three out of five stars, but I can't imagine a movie review being like the first star of this three star rating is gold, but the second star is a bronze gold star. <laughs> is star and then so it's three stars out of five with a bronze, silver, and gold star in there. I'd be like, what are you talking about, Cisco? Yeah. What does it all mean? Well. It Oh, sorry. Uh, and that's the thing is like, we got this game. I'm like, oh, my daughter will pl play, love to play this. A couple weeks ago, got her and my wife a Switch Lite to share because she's getting more into games, but she's still not there. And I'm like, this be perfect. There's so much text that when she was watching me play, she goes, why do they keep talking? <laughs> yes. It made me think about like the parts of sword and shield that i didn't like it was like i just want to play the game and it's, all they're doing is talking to me every 10 steps and then it's the There's same voice thing acting at some point which was weird yeah so lots of text lots of reading in this game but you know at her age that's when i feel like i started maybe it was a little a year or two after that when i picked up pokemon and that's really what kind of helped me start reading too is just all the text that i had okay. to learn Pokemon for me didn't come out till I was already 10, so. When was it? When did it come to the States? 96, 97? 98. 98. Okay, I guess I was 98 years old then. 
Okay. And I probably didn't have it yeah. year, the first year, so it was probably 99. So I was nine years old. All right, maybe yeah, I was just saying, a kid who didn't know how to read until I was nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Okay, so that's uh, any last thoughts on Pokemon Snap before we wrap up? No, I think that's all I had. All right. Let's jump into playtime where we talk about what we've played each week. Holden, since you had so much to say last time, I would love to hear everything about what you've played this week. Final Fantasy IX, which we're talking about later on. Uh, Chad, what did you play? <laughs> Jeffrey, what did you play? Anyone else go? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Jeffrey, you know what? You're playing Control. I would love for to hear about your impressions of Control. Yeah, so uh, I specifically skipped your barf on control because i was going so i wanted to play when it came to xbox game pass and then so i started it up and one thing i did not like about it when it was on game pass was i felt like every time i went in and out of a menu it like chugged down to like five frames a second yep. like it was annoying to the so then they announced the ultimate edition coming to ps5 and then coming to PlayStation Plus, and at that time I was trying to get a PlayStation 5. And so then when I did get a PlayStation 5, I'm like, yeah, we're not playing it on Game Pass. I'm going to wait to play the PS5 version, and it's amazing. It does not drop down to five frames a second coming out of the menu, which was <laughs> Like, I only played an hour of it, and I knew how annoying it is, because with Control, there's so many different things you want to go into the menu and read. You're in the menu almost as much time as you're out of the menu. And so it was annoying that every time I went to the menu, it would just like stop, have to figure out when we can start moving again and go. But no, I really enjoyed it. I actually rolled credits on it this afternoon. Now, yes. I do want to be fair. I like the story and everything. Uh, being, as I've already said, being a father, you, in, you do not have as much time to play games. So I definitely played in easy mode just to experience it. I I have it to one hit kills and no deaths just because I want to experience the story and not have to struggle because you know a game like that I can only play after my daughter goes to bed. Yeah. So I only have maybe 2 hours a night. So I just flip those sliders up which is great all the accessibility it allows but I I loved it. I um yep. I want there to be more. I spoilers for the conversation. If you end up going back and listening to the barf episode, that's how I played it the second time too. It's just one hit kills and just go through and re-experience the story again too. Well, yeah, and sometimes it's as I say, it's fun just running around being a badass. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> when you're playing on easy, like I did the same thing when I played. Well, Horizon Zero Dawn, I got through like seventy-five percent of the game, and then I got to the point where I just wanted to finish it, so I turned it on story mode then i'm just like going around just destroying these monster these you know metal dinosaurs with no issue and sometimes it's just awesome feeling that way <laughs> it's the best way to play that game <laughs> See, the story, story mode. i had to do the same thing i had to go to story mode in horizon zero dawn i just it, it, i don't know combat not, not yeah. a big fan of the combat in that game but i like the story yeah so and you know, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, there's no way I'd, I, I would have too much, you know, I would never slide something to easy. No, I'm too good for that. But now that I have a family and my gaming time is so precious, I'm just like, nope, gotta, I, 
I don't have time to struggle. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you're a Unless big Dark Souls fan, game. then. Yeah, no, I hate Dark Souls. Yeah, nope. <laughs> <laughs> they yep. tried to... When I got my PS5, he tried to tell me about it, and I'm like, I, I know... That's also kind of funny when I go into a GameStop to get what I want. They're trying to mansplain what's going on. And it's like, I know what games are out. I write a release list for Engage Family Gaming every week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, speaking of easy mode being the best way to play things, Returnal is what I've been playing this week. And it is not easy at all. It is a, a very difficult game. I would actually liken it to um, to Dark Souls. It is very. It's a lot like Dark Souls. Um, but I am in love with this game, you guys. I am so in love with Returnal. It's all I think about now. Over the last couple of days, it's just like, how do I get back in? How do I? How do I? avoid my family and instead play Returnal? How do I not go to sleep and instead play Returnal? (laughs) So um, it's a game that there are a couple of amazing things about it. The first is that it is built for PS5. It it is obviously a PS5 exclusive, so it is from the ground up built for the console. It's from Housemark, which has a really great close relationship with Sony. But the intro cinematic of watching Celine, not Celine Dion, although just as magnificent, watching Celine crash land on this planet, the haptics in the controller, lit- I told Dallas, we were all playing this on, on chat and we were all playing it at the same time, and the haptics in the controller tell the story so well, like from the engines blowing and you can feel the, the plane as it enters the atmosphere and you can feel every time she flicks a switch on the inside of the, the board and and you could literally like not even be watching what's going on on the screen and you could tell what's going on just from the, the feeling in the controller. It's amazing. And I told them, I was like, if they release just the intro cinematic as a demo and let people feel the controller just while watching that cinematic, so many people would buy this game just because of it. So I love that. I love the the power of the PS5. It looks freaking gorgeous. It is it is the game that when someone comes over and you say, oh my God, you got a PS5, what should I play on it? Like, Let me boot up Returnal and show you what uh, a wonderful time you can have getting smashed in the face over and over. But it is a, <laughs> a roguelite game, which I am normally not a fan of. And I, that was my big hesitation going into it. I was like, man, it looks great. It looks like you're fighting Dark Souls bosses. and um, But I'm just not a, rogue, a roguelike game person. Um but I went into it and I'm it is a it is roguelite, but it's also you are accumulating unlockables as you go. You are able to pick up different types of weapons as you kind of get them. You're getting upgrades. It's kind of a little bit like Metroid where you're where you're running through these levels and different biomes, they call them. And there are like, oh, there are doors I can't access yet. Or there are obviously platforms up there with little things on them. I don't know how to get up there. But I know later in the game I'm going to get a tool that allows me to come back here and reach those areas and traverse and access new areas a little bit easier. Um, so it's got a little bit of Metroidvania type stuff in there with that as well. And it's the the combat of it. It feels so... It feels so fluid. I'm tr- I can't really think of another game where the movement feels as good as you're kind of dodging and jumping. And it's obviously the same... Housemark, the the creators of the game are the same ones who made Resogun and Vex Machina or Nex Machina. I can never remember which one it is. Nex Machina, I think. Um, 
and they're used to making these arcadey bullet hell shooter style games. And so it with the enemy attack patterns and, and all of the different attacks that they have, it is very much still a avoid all of the orbs, avoid all of the like they hit the ground and big old shockwaves come out. Um, so I am loving this game. The thing that gets me so scared about it, it has that Dark Souls risk-reward to it where you get to the end of a level and there's a boss and you beat the boss and you go on to the next level. But if you die in level two, you start back at the beginning of level one. And you're like, oh my gosh, I got to go back all the way through that. You don't have to beat the boss again. You can you can still just work your way back to level two by not beating the boss. But there's like, I'm now all the way through the end on this single run. I'm all the way through the end of the third world and I've played it for like probably two hours on this run. And if I die, I know I'm going all the way back to the beginning of one. I'm like, oh my God. So there's that high like risk that you run into with Dark Souls. But the bosses are, if you can read their movesets and their patterns, just like Dark Souls, they're, they're difficult. But I feel like if you have the right setup and the right loadout going in, which of course is randomized because it's a roguelite, then I feel like you can make your way through it pretty easily. As long as you are like completely 100% sucked in and not distracted or anything like that. You don't have kids running around saying, Daddy, Daddy, I'm thirsty. Daddy, stop playing video games. Um, but it's amazing. <laughs> I can't wait. I think I'm almost about halfway through the game. I've, I've read that it's like 10 to 30 hours depending on how good you are at it. And I'm, I don't know, maybe 12 to 15 hours in. So I'm pumped. I freaking love it a lot more than I thought it would. It is probably my game of the year this year so far. Although I know there's a lot of good stuff like Horizon and God of War 2 coming out this year. So it's awesome. That's all I have to say about that. There's one thing that I think Brent was saying this in, in our group chat that really interests me. And it's, it's a small thing. It's not like a huge gameplay thing. But it's that when you when you turn the game back on again, rather than going to a menu screen, it just starts the opening cutscene of the story again, and you're just back in the game. And yeah. that's really cool for me, because I, I remember back when they were first talking about the SSD, and one of the things I was kind of saying, like, what I wanted from this next generation was, I would like to just open a game, and then it just start the game. Kind of like when you start a movie, it just starts the movie. You don't have to, like, look at a menu or something like that. You can just watch the movie. And it's so cool that, like, that that's already happening. And that's that's really, really awesome to me. I know it's such a small little thing that doesn't actually, like, matter because it's, like, what, the first 30 seconds of your gaming experience is being that title screen menu than being in the game. But I think it's, that's a really cool touch. Um, and when you die, I'm it's super the same way as this. well. Like, you, you die, yeah. you see your body fall to the ground, and then it's immediately ship, cron- ship coming in, boom, you're on the first world again. You're like, fuck, it happens that quick. Yeah, that's that super sexy drive. Um, I'm super, super, super pumped drive. to play this. If only there wasn't so much coming out right now, I would be getting this game. Resident Evil 7, or not 7, Resident Evil Village. Can't wait for Resident Evil 7 to come out. Just can't wait to time travel back a few years and play that for the first time. I was um, going to say, should we tell him? <laughs> <laughs> like, the eighth one's coming out. Like, get ready for that. Um, and then Mass Effect. There's just too much, but I can't wait to find some time at some point this year to, like, jump into that game because it sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, Mass Effect I comes out at the end of this month, right? Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for that wait, either. Wait, is Mass Effect really the end of the Yeah. I thought it was like the second week or something like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, Got a blue I can't bone. wait for Ratchet and Clank. That's the game I'm waiting for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I was I not interested so in Ratchet pumped. and Clank. We'll talk about it in a little bit, I think. But I was not interested in Ratchet and Clank no, until I No, I totally forgot to put that in the show note. We'll just, it's, <gasps> when we get to Sony, we'll just talk about it. I can't believe Let's I forgot about that. Let's get into our Sony quest my... log. <laughs> 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 so our Sony quest log. I mean, we, we could, are, yeah. Let's yeah, I mean that's the next thing on the on the docket. Um, state of play this week, and it was a Ratchet and Clank focused state of play, with for some reason of two minute trailer for what was it Subnautica Below Zero or something like that, and then the rest of it was Ratchet and Clank themed. I yes. was like, why is Subnautica even oh, there? And Among Us, yeah, there's the Among but Us. But Among Us, with us the had the Ratchet cool, DLC, cool. so. The cool Clank outfit and the really weird-looking Ratchet outfit. It looked well, very the Clank's out of not place an to me. Clank is a pet. You can have well, pets Whatever. He looked better. Ratchet was just like an Among Us person with, with Ratchet ears, and it just looked really weird to me. He was not a fan <laughs> of that. <laughs> but yeah, they showed off 15 or 17. There was some amount of teens of minutes of Ratchet and Clank shown off. It was, uh, for me, pretty transformational. I was transformed from a person who had no interest in Ratchet and Clank, who had never been a part of that game franchise and never had any kind of experience with it, to someone who is now like, whoa, that game looks really, really beautiful. The ray tracing in it, the lighting, the effect of him pulling the rift to me instead of me going to the rift made me want to throw up, and it was wonderful. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm now very excited and, and very into this game, whereas I wasn't before I saw this video. Jeff, did you watch the state of play? Yeah, and going into that, just to let you know that Ratchet and Clank was the game that I decided I needed to have a PlayStation Five before this game came out because I needed to play this game. And I, I mean, I was hyped. I'm still hyped. I love the Ratchet and Clank series, um, and it did. It looked gorgeous. Um, my wife, who, as I said, doesn't play video games, but she was like, look at me. I'm like, look, you can see like all his hairs and look, Clank is shiny. <laughs> She's like, why do you care about that? I go, it looks awesome. Uh, I One thing I am concerned about is going from rift to rift. Like how are you going to be disoriented trying to figure out where you are and how do you choose where it rifts you to? So but I'm sure that'll like it looks confusing and that happens to me a lot. You know, I'll find uh, gameplay look confusing, but then once you actually play, like, oh, it's not as hard as it seems. I have a feeling those are going to be really scripted, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll we'll see there. My, um, my question is with the riffs. Kind of one of the things I liked about at least the PS4 version of Ratchet & Clank was getting in your ship. And it's, I know it's like a loading screen, but like getting your ship and flying to different planets and that kind of like element of exploration in that way. There's something about like sci-fi and that kind of type of sci-fi where like the ship is important to me and like jumping into the ship. And are we just not going to have a spaceship this time? Because you're jumping from portal to portal. Presumably you can go to different planets that way. There's got to be some kind of toll that it takes on ratchet. And like, he slowly is withering away and dying every time he does. He uses a rift. So like to be safe, so dark for ratchet. (laughs) (laughs) To be safe, you got to use the ship and only use the rifts when necessary. I mean, there was a point in the demo where he said, I need to get a ship to get off world or something like that. So maybe we'll see ships. That's a small thing though. I agree. It is, so fucking gorgeous looking. I actually went online to find comparison videos for the PS4 and PS5 versions of Rackage and Clank, and it is a night and day difference. I know because of a cartoon art style, it might be easy to say, oh, I'm sure Ratchet and PS4 looked, you know, 
pretty comparable. Not not at all. Like it is amazing how much different those games look, but still retains that kind of cartoony art style while still having unbelievably good textures, unbelievably good lighting. I just I'm I can't I can't wait because that'll probably be my first like made for PS you know, five game. That's a brand new game and not demon souls, which was a remake. And even though that was a pretty amazing looking game too. I can tell you, you remember when we were watching this together and uh, you were like, Oh my God, the sound of all the little nuts and bolts as they fly to you. You're like, mm, mm-hmm. I could eat all that all day. That's exactly how you said it to you. Went, mm. Um, playing returnal. <laughs> there's a, after you kill somebody, you get like weapon proficiency and it like, it's those little tiny little things and they bounce towards you and you can feel every one of them in the controller. I guarantee you the nuts and bolts and rash and clank are going to do the same oh, thing. And it feels so that good. Makes me, I'm just like, mm. <laughs> that makes me so happy because it's already so satisfying in ratchet and clank when you hit a box and all the little nuts and bolts come into you anyway with just the sound. So with feeling it, oh, oh, I can't wait. I'm so pumped. It's going to be so And good. the guns look cool too. The guns look cool too. The only thing is they're missing the Groovatron. I'm sure there's going to be something even better than the Groovatron in there. We'll find out. How have we not talked about Rivet? Rivet was a big, like a couple of days beforehand, they revealed that it was Jennifer Hale and that she was, um, like they revealed her name for the first time. Like we actually know about this Lombax a little bit more. She has Clank. She has a hammer instead of a wrench, which is so much cooler. Like, are you guys pumped to play as Rivet? Yeah, it, I mean, I don't think any Ratchet and Clank have, besides playing as Clank, you haven't played as another, like, person like Ratchet. You haven't played as another character besides Ratchet or Clank, so that's that'll be cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see that kind of the story dynamic there of, it seems like, to Ratchet's perspective, Rivet is an enemy, because Rivet stole Clank, but it doesn't seem like that's the dynamic between Clank and Rivet exactly. So I'm very curious to kind of just see that played as a character and in a story dynamic. I think it's going to be really interesting to, to see. I hope that they're just like they feel unique and it's not just like a the palette guns, swap. The guns are the exact same and it looks like well, they play the exactly feel, the like, same. Does her is it like a Mario and Luigi situation where like Mario has a floatier jump and he can lo- jump a little bit higher like because they actually feel distinct to play, mm-hmm. whereas is this just a, a palette swap? She has a funny voice. I'd be willing to bet they probably are going to have far more in common because like the new abilities that kind of come in a Ratchet and Clank game is all about the weapons. It's all about the weapons and how those upgrade. Maybe they'll have different types of upgrades. I could see that. Um, but I feel like they'll probably be pretty similar. That's my guess, at least. But I don't mind. I don't, that doesn't bother me. Dope, dope. Also in Sony news, this came out of nowhere and felt like it was unprompted. But uh, The Last of Us Part 3 has a plot, but it's not being made yet, says Joe Scribbles on IGN. Neil Druckmann just came out one day and said, you know what? Yeah, we have we have... A plot made for part three and hopefully it sees the light of day hopefully it gets made one day but who knows uh here's the exact quote we've now had two games that i feel speak to something universal as well as telling a very personal story for these characters 
With one game, there's no pattern of what a franchise is. With two games, now there's starting to be a pattern. Now I feel like there are some structural and thematic themes you'd have to stick to if you're making a third game. Um, this could possibly happen. This might not happen. Do we want this to happen? Yes. You do? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. 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 I view the ending of part two as like the dark Empire Strikes Back second part that just ends super dark. And <laughs> I dark. do think there's the just so dark. I think there's I think there is the potential for a happy ending at the end of Last of Us Part Three, and I really want to see them do that, and I want to cry my eyes out when it happens. Every <laughs> yes. every game, part one and two, without getting into spoilers, but every game is about the impact of losing your your family or losing your purpose. And a lot of that ties into family. And this game ended with well, I, I won't say it, but it ends with a big moment of that theme, basically. And a character realizing that that impact. Um, I think it's as vague as I can get, but I think you guys know what I'm talking about if you've played the game. Um, and I feel like part three could very much be about getting that that family back and, and kind of concluding the trilogy with getting the family together. If it, I'm trying to be super vague here. I don't know if we're part two, 31. <laughs> getting the band back together. But I feel like there is a lot of opportunity for struggle to get to that point uh, when it comes to um, Ellie and what the Fireflies might still be able to offer and what she kind of views as her purpose in her life. And, and, and that dynamic is still in play because she was going out for revenge, but she was not confronted with her family and her earlier purpose. And so I feel like that could be a really awesome dynamic to see in a part three that I really hope that um, they continue in in a part three and surprise me and show me something that I wasn't expecting because that, that was what was so good about part two was it kind of kept the themes, but didn't necessarily, it was just, it was a very surprising story. Steven says, Oh my God, spoilers hold on. I didn't spoil anything. I was, I think I was very careful, but correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm terrible at spoilers. So the, he, well, you did say getting the band back together and we all know that there was a band and that Abby played trombone. <laughs> Ellie played tuba. <laughs> yep. <laughs> God, that one tuba scene just broke my heart. Joel played the metal triangle. Yes. There was someone else who played a leather triangle, but Joel played the metal one. <laughs> no, the little metal triangle. The... Yeah. No, no, we got it. We got it. Okay. I'm really, I don't. Oh, want this. You know, I definitely heard that as metal triangle, as in like metal music. Right now, my, my brain says, don't do it. Don't make Last of Us Part 3. Like the ending of Last of Us Part 2, I have my ideas of what happened. I felt like Ellie's gotten some closure. She's ready to move on and, and be at peace. And, and then, so I'm like, I, I don't want another game. I like how this ended. And then I remember I said the same exact thing about Last of Us Part 1 when they announced Last of Us Part 2. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't want it. I want my journey with Joel and Ellie. And I wanted to end like it did. And then it turns out 2 was like the best thing that's ever happened in humankind. Um, so 
I trust him. It's it's my feelings with the MCU now. Like whatever Naughty Dog does, I, yeah, it's gonna be amazing. I trust them. So they're gonna make it. First of all, that franchise also is not dead. There's no way that they're gonna let that IP <laughs> just completely die with The Last of Us Part Two. They've got the show coming out. They're apparently working on a remake of the first one. Like that and Uncharted. There's no way As they're if dead. Neil- as if Neil Druckmann would go to Sony and say, hey, we want to make part three of one of the best games ever. And Sony would go, I mean, can you just go back to Jack and Daxter instead or something? <laughs> <laughs> they, as Sony is probably begging them to make the part three. <laughs> yep. So that might or might not happen. Neil's just like, yeah, we've got an idea. Let's see. Moving on to our Microsoft Quest log, a nice little, um, a, a little nod here for Microsoft to developers. It says Microsoft reduces its cut for games on Windows Store to twelve percent. Says Jeff Grubb from VentureBeat. Uh, so starting August first, any time that you buy a game on the Windows Store, uh, that will be twelve percent of that will now go to Microsoft instead of thirty percent which means the remaining difference between the two, which QuickMath tells us is 18%, is now also going to go back to the developer. So pretty great to see there. Again, kind of following in Epic's footsteps with the Epic Game Store. If you're curious more about the Epic Game Store and the whole Apple lawsuit, go watch The Grind, which we just uploaded to YouTube on Friday. Goes real in-depth with that stuff. Uh, Pretty eye-opening stuff. But this here on Microsoft, I think that's a pretty good move especially to kind of keep mm-hmm. on pace and put the pressure on Steam here on PCs. What are your thoughts? Thoughts? It is... I think this is actually going to be... I'm, I'm curious how this impacts Epic Game Store. Because as like to kind of spoil the ground a little bit, Epic Game Store is not doing super well, and I wonder if this could kind of take away some of that thunder. Um, from them because it is kind of like one of the big things about Epic Game Store is you know you're giving more money to to the developer on that. I think that's that's gonna be very interesting to say to see play out. And this is just in the PC space, so I wonder if that still puts pressure on Steam to reduce their cut because they've already done the twenty percent for and it kind of works up to thirty percent based on how much money the game makes. But I'd be really really curious to see that too because. If this doesn't work, and because right now the Windows Store is not necessarily a hot place to buy apps or games. Oh no, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> and if and if a developer sees that they're still not selling as much on on Windows Store, they'll still put their game there, but it puts no pressure on Steam to change the thirty percent cut because a developer's still going to go there because even if there's a thirty percent cut, they'll still make more money being on Steam than they would being on. You know, Epic Game Store and Windows Store. So this would be really easy to see, or really interesting to see play out. Um, and additionally, too, I, I hadn't put this in the notes because I saw this too late in the day. But Epic, uh, not Epic Game Store, Xbox is also apparently thinking about going to a twelve percent cut for the console as well, which that would be a huge change too. So lots of interesting things at play here on that. Yeah, I, I think there's not enough to make an impact on steam's like steam has for better or for worse a monopoly for the pc gaming space there are other stores obviously but but i don't think this is enough to put pressure on them to make any other significant changes to their model just because microsoft as you mentioned microsoft game store is not a hot place for people to go buy games right now 
And in fact, mm-hmm. it's not even a hot place for Microsoft to put support in. As we can see that, you know, Game Pass Ultimate for PC is not anywhere nearly as well supported as the console counterpart. Um, hopefully this is a, a start of a change for that, of making gaming on PC via the Microsoft Store a better place. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't have a, a ton of faith in it. But it's a good move yeah. for developers. Yeah. I mean, and to be one thing, too, is like this probably not probably definitely means that the price of games is still going to remain exactly the same. That's not changing. The, the, the savings will not be passed on to consumers. It will 100 percent be just absorbed by developers. I don't have a problem with that personally, but something as well to kind of keep in mind with all this. Companies like money. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. You set us up for a great <laughs> transition into third-party quest log. EA microtransactions present- presentation leaked. Company responds, says Armenicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. Um, Holden, I haven't had a chance to actually look at this one in depth. Would you mind taking us through this real quick? Yeah. So there was a 54-slide uh, presentation that leaked to CBC News. Not to be confused with CBS News. It is CBC News. Um, and it was leaked by an EA insider. The only slide that was shared by CBC says that FIFA Ultimate Teams, which features kind of card um, pack loot boxes, is the, quote, cornerstone of FIFA. Um, the EA stated goal is apparently to drive as many players to uh, to FIFA Ultimate Teams as possible. And then this kind of returns back to this kind of big conversation we've been having lately on our loot boxes gambling and is this something that should be regulated, especially if companies are pushing for this heavily. EA responded. I'll read their full statement. Um, they said, we always look for opportunities to introduce more players to modes in our games. Our FIFA players are expecting fresh content that makes the service exciting. So that's a constant focus for us. We do not push people to spend in our games. Where we provide that choice, we are very careful not to promote spending over earning in the game. And the majority of FIFA players never spend money on in-game items. Um Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of conflicted on this issue personally. I don't I'm kind of I don't have like a firm position on it. I have an idea yeah. I'm curious what you guys think, but I'm I'm very conflicted on this whole loot box issue. Yeah, I don't usually partake in loot boxes. I don't like the pay to win strategy and mm-hmm. I mean same reason I don't buy well I say don't buy lottery tickets or scratch off, but my wife did buy me a frogger one yesterday. So, <laughs> one two dollars. Woo! But yeah, I the fact that they I can't remember the quote you put, but they said you know our our players expect change or whatever, whatever. I'm like, well, yeah, except your Switch players who just get the same game every year with a new number on it. But yeah, I. I don't really partake in loot boxes, so. Mm-hmm. I don't usually they, yeah, either. They do, yeah, they do the same with Madden, and where they say a majority, but they, from what I've noticed with the Madden, I don't play the FIFA games, but the Madden games, they are advertising the ultimate teams everywhere. Yeah. So I assume it's the same with FIFA. Yeah, and they even, like, they admit in their own statement here that, like, most people don't. Most people don't buy loot boxes. They don't take part in the microtransactions. Most people never put a penny into it. 
but it's the the very small percentage of people who do put a lot into it. Um, it doesn't surprise me that EA is trying to drive more people to it because that's a very EA thing to do. Uh, it, I know they're trying to make good with things like Jedi Fallen Order and say, oh, it's a single player only game, no microtransactions. Um, and they're, they're trying to like promote that image a little bit more. But there's also something to keep in mind that that these types of presentations and pitches go on internally like all the time. And they're like sometimes they are specifically for the use of saying, "Hey, I have this 54 slide presentation. I would love to, for me to give this to you and then get your feedback on it." What in here sounds like a ridiculous idea? What in here absolutely sucks? What should we keep moving forward? It's a really good point. Yeah. So it's not necessarily like this is a, an internal presentation that was leaked by uh, CBC News or leaked to CBC News, but it might not necessarily be a hundred percent their strategy. It might just be like, hey, here's some options. What should we be doing? What should our strategy be going for? Yeah, Andrew Wilson, the CEO, could look at this and go, hey, you know, FIFA Ultimate Teams is doing so well right now. Maybe we should invest in some other part of the company and bolster profits there instead. And that might be a conversation they're having. I do. I'm not surprised that they'd be hugely interested in in um, in microtransactions and like loot boxes. I think that it, it's it's obvious why they would want to be incentivized in that. But I think it's a good point, Chad. I hadn't even considered that that this might not even be like an approved you know thing. This could just be someone who wants to work up the chain. Is like, I need to impress Andrew Wilson. So let me, I made this presentation. <laughs> right, exactly. Could just be some guy yeah. who's like, you know what? This is going to be my ticket to a promotion. I'm going to make this thing about how we can milk the shit out of microtransactions. <laughs> and then that just happens to be the thing that CBC News gets their hands on. Yeah. Is that how I got leaked? He, just, he was so low down, he just didn't have the right email address, just sent it the wrong way. <laughs> He was hoping Andrew Wilson would see it in the news and go, great idea, and then bring him in for a meeting. <laughs> so my my kind of like where I'm kind of on the fence on this one is I totally understand the concern of people who spend too much money on loot boxes. I think that is a real problem. How much of that is that individual needs to learn how to spend their money better um, versus EA is – you know, incentivizing them in unfair ways that are malicious and nefarious. Like, kind of what is that balance there? Every time I look at loot boxes, though, I don't think of gambling as much as I think of, like, Pokemon cards. And, like, we've done trading cards like this for a very – and I'm curious to get your perspective on this, Jeffrey, because I didn't do a lot of trading cards as a kid, but – it feels like it's very similar to that. You spend a few bucks, you open it up, you don't know what you're going to get. You're probably going to get total crap, but you're going to keep buying the card packs over and over and over again. And so I looked up today, like, how many Pokemon cards there are. In the U.S., there's, like, over 9,000 Pokemon cards, and I think it's, like, around 5 bucks per pack. So you could be spending, like, to get all the – like, assuming every pack gets you a new card, you could be spending, like, tens of thousands of dollars to, like, get all these Pokemon cards. Is that malicious? How is loot boxes different than that? I mean, I'm not saying anything definitive. I'm just kind of putting thoughts out there and like kind of posing questions because um, I really want to find out like is this really gambling or is this something that we've already established for a long time? But Jeff, I'm kind of curious your perspective on that. You know, I've gone back and forth with the loot boxes versus trading cards, but I think the difference there is at least with trading cards, you're getting something physical for it. You have mm -hmm. to, you know, and the thing yeah, with loot point. boxes that I think a lot of people are having different issues with is there's a lot of parents out there that don't know how to lock down their child's accounts. Mm -hmm. You know, their kid gets their credit card went and they're like, Hey dad, can I get this 
use your card to buy this game? He's like, sure, puts it in. Dad doesn't realize that now the account just has it on there and the kid just starts buying loot boxes whenever he wants them. So I think that's where people are having the biggest issue with it, are the, you know, the possibility that kids are gambling and spending money on stuff like that just to get in not being guaranteed what they're going to get. Yeah, that's a good point because you're not going to go to Target, for example, and the kid's going to just grab dad's credit card out of his wallet and buy 50 yeah. Pokemon card packs and get out of the store without being caught. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, that's not going to happen. Nowadays, that's a really good try going to point, Target yeah. and getting one Pokemon card pack. It's a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. All right. I think that uh, Hearthstone handles it well. Um, Hearthstone, I I don't know how EA handles it specifically, but I think Hearthstone handles it well because I'm pretty sure you get something new each time. And if you get something that you don't need, you can, like, condense them down and trade that in for a card you do want. And I think that's kind of a better way of of handling it because that kind of – I get that it's still not – it's not still like a physical, tangible object. In terms of digital stuff, I don't think that will ever be resolved. It's always going to be digital. Um but I think it's at least a better way of handling it. I think it's all about – I don't think loot boxes will ever go away. Um, but I think it's all about kind of figuring out how it can be more fair. Matt in the chat says, uh, if trading cards are loot boxes, then I have a severe Magic the Gathering loot box problem. <laughs> 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 oh, man. I, I got in big with, uh, with Magic the Gathering. Got all the way through the ninjutsu stuff, made a whole ninja deck, and then I said, stop it. Stop it. And I gave them all away. Uh, engaged family gaming saying it's not. Are you saying it's not like trading cards? I'm curious your perspective, Stephen, on that. Yeah, I think what Stephen's saying there is that it's it's not uh, an issue of whether or not it's gambling. It's just that people don't like it, and they're trying to relate it to gambling in order to get it to stop. No, earlier I was talking. He said it's not. I it said my I did my loot box trading card comparison. He said it's not. I wasn't sure what party he was saying it's not to. He was saying so it's like his take not. On. But it's difficult oh, gotcha. to hear the difference. Loot yeah. boxes are snotty and awful. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on real quick to our fetch quests. Our last little part here before we get into some fun stuff. Fetch quests are little tiny headlines that don't have a whole lot of meat to them, but they're worth mentioning. The first one here is, here's May 2021 Xbox Live Games with Gold, says Zach Sveitsen at Kotaku. Uh, and another... Wonderful record month for Xbox Live Games with Gold. You get Armello, Dungeons 3, Lego Batman the Video Game, and Tropico 4. I just want to call out Dungeons 3 as maybe one of the worst video game names I've ever seen. Right? It would like be calling like a platformer, Platform. <laughs> it's just yes. so generic. Um... By contrast, PlayStation Plus offers Battlefield 5, Wreckfest, and Mesa's Michael McWhorter at Polygon. Yeah, we get Battlefield 5, Wreckfest, and Stranded Deep. Um, much better lineup. I'm excited to play Battlefield 5's campaign. Maybe some multiplayer, too, if people are down for it. But um, be excited for that. But I mean, they don't have Game Pass. I'm excited to play some Wreckfest on the PS5 because it's the PS5 version just to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But as we I said, got... told my friend, I was just going to say, 
I'll probably play a couple races, be like, I'm not good at this and never play it again. <laughs> right. It might be a Destruction All-Stars kind of thing where we play it for a night and realize, I, I don't want this anymore. God, that's... that Sony, Sony did me a solid by not letting me pay $70 for that game. Uh, next up, Incredible Time Loop Adventure Outer Wild could be getting DLC, says Joe Scrubbles on IGN. Yeah. <gasps> I, I'm so excited. I have no idea. I have no idea how that's going to work because With the nature of that game, it feels like that uh, DLC is not a thing. <laughs> well, yeah, because like the whole thing is the entire universe or entire galaxy you're exploring is all one big puzzle and everything relates to that puzzle. I can't imagine putting new content in that world and it not be just unbelievably fucking confusing um, yeah. just based on the nature of how that game works. But if it's a new area, totally on board with it. The best part in the part of Outer Wilds that makes it incredible is that you can only play it once. Once you've beaten it, you can never play it again because the game is all based on the knowledge you learn while playing it. Once you have the knowledge, you you can't play that game. It's imp- it's not like collecting the hookshot to go to this one area. You already have the hookshot. It's in your head. Um, so it's you can't you can't play the game again. So having the opportunity to play it again, I could not be happier. I'm so excited. It's one of my favorite games ever. It's one of the most memorable gaming experiences I've ever had. I I'm just, uh, it is a rumor, but both Annapurna and Mobius Digital the like retweeted the rumor with like the shifty eye like emoji. So um, <laughs> it's real. It's the happening. Say, oh man, are we playing Destiny tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is getting a next gen version this summer. Says Eric Van Allen at Destructoid, and this would be the actually second round of next gen enhancements that it gets. Still won't go back and play it. PS5 has outsold the PS4 in its first fiscal year on sale, says Joe Scrubbles at IGN. So the PS5 has sold 7.8 million units in the same time that it took the PS4 to sell 7.6 million units. And Sony expects to sell an additional 7 million consoles the rest of the year. I guarantee you that number would be higher if Sony could literally make more of the system. But it's cool yeah. to see that Bad they are timing. doing well. COVID-wise, yeah. all that. Yeah, it is interesting with how hard it is to get how many people are able to get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's I... still really, really hard to find for a lot of people. I'm still seeing the Wario 64 notifications, and, and yep. people are having trouble. I I lucked out. I found it at work one day, and I started clicking, and then my boss was giving me a weird look because I like, took a lap around the office. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you won't understand, but something huge just happened. I think they understand. I so I have my PS5 on display in the back in my background here, and anytime I take a work meeting and someone like for the first time I'm meeting them, they're like, "Oh my god, you have a PS5? How did you get that? How did you? I've been trying to get one for months." Just like, yeah, I'm cool. I had a really stressful night back in September and then a stressful two months leading up to launch, but I'm cool. Oh, we have uh, Dallas and Matt 100% to thank for that. Without yes. them letting us know they were available, at least for me, like they said it was at GameStop, I hauled ass to GameStop immediately. Like in the middle of dinner, I just got I'm like, Mom, I'm leaving. Bye. <laughs> just like left. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was me at work. I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's going on. I'm clicking and I'm there. And one of my coworkers is like, actually, not. 
person I'm supervising, and they're like, "What's going?" On? I go, and there's a place. There. And I go, "It's in the bo- It's in there." <laughs> <laughs> this is a shocking one for me, but I think Holden called it. Starfield could be releasing soon, according to new copyright reservations, as Rachel Fittis at Dual Shockers. There's a person on YouTube named Mr. Maddie Plays that found that Starfield has a 2021 copyright on it. Hmm. Are we going to see it's more of happening. this E3 with Microsoft's press conference? Hmm? It's happening, and Matt's totally going to win on that one with the uh, with the fantasy draft because that's going to bring in good That'll points. That'll bring him into the positive, maybe. <laughs> 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 and then finally on our Fetch Quest list, report Hitman Dev IO making fantasy IP for Microsoft, says Alex Calvin at PC Games Insider. Allegedly, the game is going to be set in some large medieval world with dragons. Um, cool. I don't. What has IO Interactive ever done aside from Hitman? I really don't know what else is in their catalog that might make them the appropriate dev for something like this. Oh, they also did uh, Hitman Blood Money. Uh, they also did Hitman Absolution. Uh, they also did uh, the Hitman. <laughs> That makes sense because dragons kill things, make blood, and they usually, especially in Middle Earth, guard a bunch of money, like like Smaug. I actually, I actually want to look this up because I'm curious. There might be like one small thing that they've done in the past, I mean, maybe. You know, Guerrilla Games did. You know, um, what's the Hellgast game? Killzone. They did Killzone for years and years and years, and then suddenly broke out with Horizon Zero Dawn, and it was awesome. So mm-hmm. it's not that IO Interactive couldn't. Like, James Bond makes complete sense as, like, a deviation from what they're currently doing. Um, yeah. Fantasy, I'm actually really curious what they can do with fantasy because one thing that um, IO Interactive is really good at is creating these little spaces where it feels, like, alive and it's believable, like, the little environment they've created. It feels like a real place. And I, I would like to see what they can do with that in a fantasy environment, but like large open world, I'm assuming it's open world, if it's a, if it's a large medieval world, that's a big change for them. Uh, they also did Kane and Lynch. Kane and Lynch. I remember that game. <clears throat> and of course, how could I have forgotten? They also made mini ninjas. <gasps> you guys all remember that Wait, classic. Is that the game on iOS with the tiny ninja that you can like teach things and it was adorable as hell that came out like five years ago? No, I think it's that a was a 360 game. Oh. Um, yeah, it's, it was on iOS as well. It was on Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 3, Wii 360, Nintendo DS, OS X. Oh, actually, sorry, it was not on mobile. Uh, I just saw OS X and jumped to... No, actually, I take that back. It was. That's weird. On Wikipedia, on one side, they don't mention iOS, but up in the top of the main description, they do mention it. So, yeah, it was on there. Um it's a third-person action adventure game. This game. What is it? He's so adorable. There's little ninja kid, and you just like you train him. You like pop balloons and stuff. <laughs> what is it? Clumsy ninja. <laughs> Clumsy ninja. Yes, look it up. It's adorable. It's basically like it's like a Tamagotchi, but with a little ninja. Um. Next up. That's the end. That's the end of our fetch quest. We're going to jump into a subscriber interrogative. Shout out to DF and Smitty. D Smitty Games on Twitter. Dallas. D Money. DD Pickles. <laughs> Shout out to Dallas for a subscriber interrogative. Uh, he asks us, 
you suddenly have unlimited time and you could play any games in your backlog to completion. Well, he wrote competition, but I think he means completion. What three games are you playing first? I have an answer, and it's not the answer you want to hear. I'm going to play God of War 2018 <laughs> all the way through again. I'm going to play The Last of Us Part Two no, all the way no, through no, again. No, the Platinum no, Trophy no. again. No, and then no, I'll no, probably no. Probably play like Ratchet and Clank for PS4 to prepare for PS5. Okay, Ratchet and Clank. I, I gotta, I would I gotta shut down there. <laughs> <laughs> Ratchet and Clank. Totally, it's a backlog and you've beaten it. It's not a backlog game if you've already beaten it. No way. It is a backlog that's what because I still have to... Because that's what distracts <laughs> you from your backlog. <laughs> no, those are the games that like, God, I really want to do this, but I can't justify the time to go back and do this when there are so many other games. If mm. I had... And the Platinum Trophy is 100% a backlog item. So Platinum for Last of Us 2. And then I'll just pretend I haven't Platinumed God of War already. <laughs> This is a Mm-mm. hard one. <laughs> I don't accept. <laughs> <laughs> What's your answer, Holden? No, Jeffrey's about to go. You can get Jeffrey. No, I don't think I... I don't know. I, I'm looking behind me. Like, what do I have? I don't know. I have so many games back there that I haven't beaten. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to narrow down the backlog. I I tried all right, I would put I would put Assassin's Creed Valhalla in there. Okay. I did just beat that a couple weeks ago. Not going into spoilers, but most anticlimactic ending. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, I was very disappointed. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> but uh I'd probably have to put on, like, Final Fantasy 3, especially since I have all the time in the world because my version, the save state is dead. So after, like, eight, six hours, uh, oh it deletes no. itself. So I've never beaten it. So which means I could go through. I guess I have an SNES Mini that it's on as well. So, But with all the time in the world, I'd actually go through and beat that game because I did like what I have played of that game. But according to Holden's rules, you can't play it because you've already played it before. No, no, he hasn't beaten it, though. He he hasn't beaten it, though. That's different. That's totally different. Um, Because one of mine follows that rules. Therefore, I have to accept it. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, We will talk about Final Fantasy III in a little bit, actually, when we get to We Are So Fucking Humble. Um, So I kind of kept in mind, like, I have a limited time. What are games that I don't want to just play? I want to, like absolutely devour and like just really sink my teeth into Ghost of Tsushima the number one reason why I don't go back and play that game is knowing I've already started playing that game with the intention of doing every side quest and just doing everything I can that game because I really really liked it so if I have a limited time awesome I can do it guilt free excuse me it'd be great number two Hitman 2 because I have not gone back to play Hitman 2 even though I started a little bit um, but that game is a really good game to go back and replay levels over and over again and try to find things you couldn't have done because you didn't know like, one little thing about one person walking around, whatever environment it is. Um, that's a great game to kind of sink my um, my teeth into. And then uh, Return of the Obra Dinn. 
Um, I really want to play the game. Everyone tells me because I liked Outer Wilds so much, I probably would like Return of the Obra Dinn. And the thing about a game like Outer Wilds is that it, it just takes time to beat because you have to like really break down the world and understand the world and like think about the world. And those games are best when you can just take your time and like ponder it and consider it. So I feel like if I had limited time, that's the best way to play a game like that. I, I really want to play Return of the Oberdin too. It's been, mm-hmm. I've just been procrastinating on it and bu- I haven't bought it yet. Uh, also on my list, I'd have to add in Picross 4, 5, and 6 for the Switch because they keep making them faster than I can complete them. I'm still <laughs> trying to finish three. <laughs> I only put the first one and I liked it, but I'm like, it's too much. It's too much. Oh. You have to wait until you get to the ones where it doesn't give you any hints, and then I do the cheat of, I'm stuck, so I just fill in all the boxes and hit check. Because <laughs> it only lets you do it once. And then I take a screenshot of my Switch, so I'm not... I get to a point sometimes where I have to use my cheat, but... That's hilarious. Okay, I was really harsh on my chat. I'm sorry I was so harsh on you on that. I thought about it. I've got a new Holden's Rules to Dallas's question answer for you. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I am holding you to Dallas's Rules. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are not the enforcer. Here's here's my, my updated answer. I would not have a great time, I don't think, but they are three games that I am really curious about how they end and why I don't like playing them, and that is Assassin's Creed Valhalla, that is Death Stranding, and that is Ghost of Tsushima. And those are the three games that I would play to completion, and I would probably be like, I wish I played Last of Us Part Two or God of War instead. Death Stranding is a good call-out because I don't think just walking for five gazillion hours as the level, and that's the whole level, would bother me as much if We're I We're getting had ready to play Red time. Dead Redemption 2, so. No, that's a great game. <laughs> we're gonna just ride a horse for hours no no but you're having a great conversation with someone with life and character and not the same thing at all you're not holding a dumb baby and avoiding ink <laughs> on the ground that baby is smart it can give thumbs up it can cry <laughs> yeah only smart babies can cry <laughs> no yeah. other babies can cry I would also have to add Grand Theft Auto San Andreas to my list. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> because, so I have him on my PS4. I 100% advice it. He didn't get the platinum, but I 100% it. And then I went to do San Andreas and those stupid police missions. So I did the cheat to get the tank. And then I found out that doing a cheat makes it so you can't get any achievements. Oh. Um. So then I quit playing and just lost all motivation. <laughs> in Vice City, I, I did the cheats and it still let me get the achievements. But in San Andreas, they took that out. I One of the things I can say, a spoiler for the barf coming up in a couple of days, one of the things I can say I appreciated about Final Fantasy IX is that I could turn on all the cheats and still earn all the trophies, and it was wonderful. <laughs> All right, we've got a segment that we do periodically when we have a guest on the show called We Are So Fucking Humble because Holden and I, we know how to to take a backseat and make our guests feel welcome. So Jeff, we're extending an opportunity for you to bring up something you would like for us to discuss. Uh, And it sounds like you have something prepared. 
Yes, yeah, so I, with Returnal coming out, I did not get it because I do not like roguelike games. And it got me to thinking of, you know, is there a genre of game or a type of game or even a game in general that you don't like, but you wish you did like? Because with me, it is definitely roguelikes. And also first-person shooters, because I feel like if I really loved first-person shooters, I'd be happy with games all the time, because there's so many of them coming out. But especially with the roguelikes, like, I have not found one that I like. Um, I played a little bit of Moonlighter. I beat the first dungeon, and I'm like, I hate going back and forth. I tried Slay the Spire. I hate doing the same <laughs> thing over and over again. So... I have just finally decided that those games are not for me. Yeah, the resetting every, and going back to the very beginning is like the one th- – I, I haven't done a lot of roguelikes. But it's the one aspect that kind of turns me off to the genre, I'd say. It's the one thing – actually, it's the only thing about Returnal that makes me not want to play it. But there's so much about Returnal that like you get, to, you get to keep or like you've unlocked a new type of weapon when you progress. Therefore, you can find that weapon in the first area now when you couldn't before. So – there's a lot mm-hmm. of good stuff in it. You should play it. Just fucking play it. Play it, you coward. <laughs> yeah, I definitely understand the um, the uh, the the roguelike concern. It's it's a it's a tricky genre for sure. I'm a, I'm there just, with you on roguelikes as well because I, f- I I came to this realization actually when I was on Dusty's podcast shouting into the void. Uh, is that what is he? Fuck, shouting into the, the void. Podcast? Yeah. Shouting into the shouting void. Into the void. Yeah. Shouting um, in place. Shouting, shouting in place, in place that's right. it. I was like, yeah, they didn't shout. Shouting in place, yes, thank you. Um, when I was on his podcast and I realized, like, I don't like to fail. I don't like to look dumb. I don't like to fail. I don't like dying in video games. And that's all roguelikes are. I played Rogue Legacy. Um, that's the only one I can think off the top of my head. But, yeah, it's, it's just like you're going to – and Binding of Isaac, it's like you're just going to fail over and over and over, and you're going to restart. And it's like – I want. I want to feel like I'm progressing and getting better and achieving things, not like I suck all the time. That's what roguelikes do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And but you, you know can't what else? learn anything because it's like Dark Souls. You'll fail, but you go back and do the same thing again, so you can apply new knowledge to it. Whereas roguelikes, it's like, ha, you failed, and don't doesn't matter what you did because you're gonna fail again with a totally new set of obstacles that you didn't see before. It's it it kind of piles on at a certain point yep but you know what else i honestly i've realized in my old age of 31 that i don't like puzzle games that i that i really really don't like puzzle games but i do wish that i did like puzzle games because i feel like there are so many experiences that people love like return of the Oberdin or the witness or Outer Wilds, like all of these games that like it just takes a lot of thought and piecing things together and and critical thinking and weird abstract ways to put these. Like I know when I've had those those things in the past and I make that revelation, I'm like, oh my god, it's been this the whole time. That was so brilliant. I can't believe that happened. Like those kinds of th- moments are really really cool, and I wish I enjoyed the process of getting to them because. There's, as I mentioned, there's so many things that people love, those those games included, that I feel like I'm missing out on because I just can't fucking stand the the solving the puzzle part. Yeah, it, it's I totally like. It's, 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 right, I'm gonna spoil something about Outer Wilds because I think this is like I, <laughs> that reminded me like one moment in particular. There's this one planet you go to called Dark Bramble, and you like go into. 
this like it's basically the world looks like a giant walnut with all these roots coming out of it and you go inside the walnut it's not actually a walnut but it reminds me of that and you go inside of like this like walnut and then it's just all like foggy inside and then there are these huge like monstrous fish with giant teeth in the fog are you describing a vagina <laughs> <laughs> And when you when you go in, they immediately attack you and eat you. And that's it. You have to start over again and fly back. And you just keep trying. It's like, what the hell? I can't, like, do this. I have no idea what to do. And then I found a skeleton of one of them on this other planet. And there was a marking there. And it said, oh, the children like to play this game where they pretend to be one. I, I can't remember what they call it. Like, we'll call them bramblefishes. Where they pretend to be a bramblefish. And it's... Um, the the kid who represents the ramblefish has to put blindfolds on, and then you um, have they have to listen to the sounds around to find the other kids that are that are hiding. And I'm like, oh, they're they're blind, they're hearing me because my sh- I come barreling in on my rocket ship, and I'm like flying in super fast, um, and so I just have to go in super quiet. So instead, you just go in and you don't move your ship at all. You just slowly hit the thruster to like propel yourself just a little bit and slowly make your way through. So it's a barreling through. And it's like, that was impossible to like figure out. But when you do, and it's like, ah, but there's like the frustration, the hatred of yourself like before you get to that moment. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Just that reminded me. I said spoilers. I said spoilers. Engaged family gamer. Steven got mad at me for saying spoilers, but I said spoilers. I called it out. Sorry for that long rant. It's all right. If you haven't played that game, it's not like it's going to make sense to you anyway. You described some <laughs> vagina with a fish on the inside. and <laughs> It's a it's a blind vagina. <laughs> <laughs> they call that a chastity belt. Yeah. So it sounds um, like we all just hate roguelikes. Yeah, hate I hate puzzle games. Yeah. And, and for me, it's JRPGs. That's like mm. the, the – I don't – I can't go quite as far as to say – I think you guys don't like roguelikes and and puzzle games more than I don't like RPG RPGs. I'll play one. I just played Final Fantasy IX. I didn't hate it or loathe it or anything. But like, I feel like my problem with JRPGs is, despite being super super fucking long, they are. You'll come across this huge epic moment in a game where, like, you fight this monster that has the capability of destroying the entire universe. Like, you fight Thanos, and then. And then the next level is, uh, hi, um, I lost three cats. Can you run through this town and help me find my three cats? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I want to know what's going to happen with that huge Thanos guy I just fought. And because I couldn't beat him and I was out in the world. And you want me to find cats? Like, fuck you. Like, there are far more important things to do right now. And it's just this constant thing with like JRPGs where the stakes are always so high. And then the characters are like, did you want to like go find um, water? Oh, but the water is dirty. Maybe if we go down this, you know, path over here, we can go find clean water. I'm like, I don't care about water right now. <laughs> like, why are you making this whole <laughs> hour long mission to find water? And it's just, it's like a common thing I find in JRPGs, but not Final Fantasy three. Final Fantasy three. I told you we we're gonna come back to that. Final Fantasy no three is fantastic. No cats. Um, no cats it, engaged it is just, always a good quality. It was just awesome from beginning to end. And it was a really, really good JRPG. So there are exceptions to this, but the vast majority of JRPGs I find kind of fall into my frustration, like that kind of pressure point for me, like Final Fantasy VII Remake. The Three Cats was a specific reference to Chapter 8 of that game. Screw it. I'm not going back. I mean, I feel like that's a trope in 
just video games now. Like, even Valhalla has all those weird side stories that have nothing to do. Like, one of the side quests of Valhalla was I just had to buy this goat statue from this girl. 100%. The difference, though, is that that's a side story, whereas Final Fantasy will make it the main, like, story, and, like, you have to do it. Oh, Steven asked a good question. He said three meaning six. Um, three meaning three, because I think this was this was the DS version, and it was. Oh, bringing... I was talking about six. Sorry. No, no worries, no worries. Don't yeah. don't apologize. Square Enix needs to apologize for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all my life, I was I always counted one, two, one, two, three, seven, and until my teachers told me I was wrong. <laughs> That's right. I didn't learn how to read till I was nine, apparently. So, <laughs> so Holden hates JRPGs, which means tomorrow's conversation about Final Fantasy should've, IX is going to be real fun. I was going to say, should have seen me in high school when I kept having to argue with my math instructor that ten two comes after ten. <laughs> <laughs> And he's trying to tell you it's 10 squared. It's 10 squared, not 10 2. <laughs> There's no carrot right. in that. There's no little carrot there. It's a 2. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Jeff, for bringing that topic of conversation. We have one last part of our ga- of our show before we finish up, and it is called Game on Game Show. The game on our gaming show, we play a game called Game on. The gaming show on a game show. Game, 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 game. This week... We have something we haven't played in maybe well over a year. It Ooh. is video game Would You Rather. Return of Old been a long time. Faithful. It's been a long time. Long time. Actually, it looks like maybe um, Microsoft Flight Simulator, whenever that came out, it looks like that was the last question that we asked here on this Would You Rather. So I've got three <laughs> video game Would You Rather questions. Um, they are all appropriately Pokemon themed, thanks to Jeff's presence here on the podcast this week. Uh, and we're just going to go through and talk about which one of these we'd rather do and why. So we're going to start with, um, oh, you know what? I forgot I used to make these dirty and weird. So these are all kind of normal. Uh, we're going to start with the first one, (laughs) which is, would you rather have a cat that talks, but it's an asshole? Or would you rather have the coolest pet dragon that won't do anything that you say? Although technically he's a fire flying type and not a dragon type, which is always weird to me. The cat talks, but the the dragon doesn't. He's just a dragon. The dragon's just a dragon. It's it's a it's a play at you know Meowth who can talk for some reason, and then Charizard oh. who in the anime right. you know he disobeys everything. I got your references. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really hard because Charizard, if it wasn't for it being an anime, he'd kill someone. (laughs) Yeah. But also that cat's like actually an asshole and it will like yell at your neighbors and shit and say things that are offensive and get you in trouble. And it might do that thing where it's like, hi, I'm Jeff and I think you're stupid. And then you're like, I didn't say that it was the cat. And they're like, yeah, fucking right. It's a cat. And then suddenly you go to jail. So part of this cat being an asshole is you're really the only one who knows he talks. Not because you're the only one who can hear him, but he makes sure that you're the only one who hears him. 
it's an asshole thing to do, <laughs> and he's an asshole cat. That totally changes things for me because I was gonna totally agree, hundred percent agree with Jeff on th- that dragon could burn the house down. But sometimes your whole neighborhood hating you is burning the house down. So yeah, right. <laughs> this changes things. Like, like let's say I call into work I mean, and I'm like, if I, I'm oh, sorry, continue. Let's say I call into work and I'm like, hey boss, like I'm just like not feeling really good today. And then my cat's like, he feels fine. Breath of the Wild two came out today. And he's gonna play that all day long. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would be really pissed. I mean, and here's like, the, speak. Go ahead, Jeff. You go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say with the neighbors, like I'll be perfectly honest. We have this one neighbor who we don't think cares for us because our dogs bark at his dog. Like, how much more mad would he be if we I had my three dogs and a dragon? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so this is a world where dragons exist in this hypothetical. And if there are procedures to get, like, a snake and defang the snake, there are procedures to get a dragon and make sure it can't breathe fire. I'm going to go with dragon. what the fuck is the point of the dragon? You might as well just get, like, a, I don't know, a parakeet. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want it to breathe fire. I I can light my own grill just fine without a dragon to help me out with it. (laughs) Well, then you shouldn't have gotten a dragon. You should have gotten a bird. The other option is a evil cat that will ruin the <laughs> That's right. Sorry, I forgot that you didn't have a choice. <laughs> he forgot his own game. <laughs> uh, I, I'd have to go with the dragon, too, because, for one, I hate cats. Mm, yeah, me too. I don't like cats either. Mm, I like too. other people's cats, cats, but I... We actually... This cat didn't talk, but my when I first got married with my wife, she did have an asshole cat. It did not like the fact that I moved in and would poop only under my bed. <laughs> so um, I've lived with that. I would go dragon cat. as well. Yeah, asshole cats are not fun. Cats, cats are not fun. They're not fun creatures. Dragon, some of the times it'll it'll do some cool shit, whether or not I tell it to. And you can reverse psychology the dragon. It's not going to do what you say, but if you're like, I don't even fucking want a chili dog from Sonic right now. And you're like, oh, yeah? Well, I'm going to go get 10 chili dogs. I'm going to throw them in your face. I'm like, great. <laughs> fucking do it. I bet you won't. The other thing, too, is like having the asshole cat, because he only is an asshole to you. No one else knows he talks. People come to your house, and it's just like, yeah, Holden has a cat. Like, boring. Holden's a dragon? Let's go to Holden's right? house. He's got a dragon. You're going to pull so much strange with that dragon. (laughs) (laughs) All right, question number two. Would you rather... pull so many bramble fishes. (laughs) (laughs) So many walnuts with weird vines growing out of them. (laughs) Um... (laughs) All right. Would you rather have free universal veterinary care or be able to shrink your pets into a tiny comfortable ball forever for travel? What was the first one? Free universal veterinary care. That's the second one. Poke centers, <laughs> poke centers, being able to like heal your animals for free, or shrink your pets into a tiny comfortable ball for travel. It's like, oh, I want to bring my Saint Bernard on a plane so we can go to Miami and have spring break. Boop. Put him in my pocket. Put him in the carry on, and then boop. Now we're on the beach. 
I'd have to go with the universal pet care because vet bills are expensive. So is flying with the St. Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I struggle with this. So here's, here's the thought process here. My dog right now is having some, some health issues. We found out that he had like a huge, like uh, uh, cancerous growth, like growing by his lung. And as much as I want to say, Oh, I would love just to have like healthcare for him always forever. So he can live on forever. But like with things like that, he's just going to be in pain. And if I'm just like giving him free health care because it makes me feel better, but he's in pain, I don't really feel great about that. But what I would love is to be able to like go to a national park across the country and bring him with me and it not be a pain in the ass. So we can have great moments together during his life as opposed to like making the end of his life a little bit better. So you can literally just take him in a box to the middle of the woods and just leave him like the old wives tale. That's so horrible and tragic. That's, I mean, that's what you just said you want to do. I'm like, I just want to go take him no, to a national no. forest somewhere. And... We find out he has cancer. It plays out. When it plays out and it's bad, you know, we go to the vet and we have to put him down. And then that song from Toy Story 2 plays where Jessie gets abandoned by her owner. And, <clears throat> and then later on finds Buzz Lightyear you. and falls in love with Buzz Lightyear. That's it. That's it. Yep. Jeff, veterinary care, you said, because of the, the money? Yeah, though, it would be great to take my dogs anywhere. I This is a... It's a really tough one. Question, the veterinary care, because we don't know what the Pokemon centers do. Do they also provide, like, grooming? Because some vets do that. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I would say yes. Because, like, ours will, like, trim their nails and yeah. all that fun stuff. Yeah. And some mm-hmm. do It haircuts. does change things. We have... After we have one dog who needs a haircut, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do the but, shrink the pets into a tiny comfortable ball for travel. Cause then you can be like, you can take them to the mall, you can take them to the local swimming pool, <laughs> you can take them. But what's to the, space. what's the point if they ha- you can't take them out? They're still not allowed out there. I mean, well, you can get him back can... really quickly. Uh, is he talking yeah, the pool? See? No, he's not. No, that, that, that I just threw. <laughs> I just had this beach ball, and there's a little tiny beach ball in there. Or, or, oh my god, my dog's about. To, I'm out in public. My dog's about to like shit on the street. I don't have any doggy bags with me. Boop. How about you shit in the tiny ball, and then I'll let you back out. <laughs> <laughs> and then I can just open the ball over the trash can and dump the dookie out. <laughs> so. Whenever my dog goes into poop, whenever he's pooping, he always like looks back up at you. <laughs> like, don't time. watch me. And so I'm just picturing he looks up and he just sees this ball hurling at him. <laughs> you know what? Yes, I like that idea. Speaking of the dog who gets groomed every once a month, he also he's on a schedule. We walk into PetSmart and he poops right on the floor. <laughs> Every, on a schedule it without fail we walk in and we're like oh his name's Adam we're like oh Adam's gonna poop <laughs> he just knows we're gonna wash my butt anyway might as well make him work for it alright last question option one would you rather have a dad that abandoned you and a mom that pushes you out of the house at age 10 with no money to travel the world Option B. Wait, wait, one more. Wait, one more time with that one. That was option a lot. one. Your dad <laughs> abandons heavy. you. 
<laughs> your dad abandons you, and your mom pushes you out of the house at age 10 to travel the world by yourself with no money. And then does she have, like, a little side romance with uh, the professor that lives next door? <laughs> yes. And then she bangs your uncle professor <laughs> who gave you a Pokemon. <laughs> Option B, there's a terrorist organization that follows you everywhere and tries to steal everything that you, all your hard work. So maybe if you're at your job and you've made a really great 54-slide presentation about how to use microtransactions to gouge people's wallets... Maybe they will claim it instead of you. Or if you're a dog groomer, maybe they steal your dogs. I think you can improve the first situation. Like you're 10 years old, you're out on your own. Go to a police station. They'll f- Something will f- be figured out, right? You'll have if a really, really rough beginning of life. But you, this... you can work up and, and change your life. The other one... Are you going to take on a terrorist organization? <laughs> Fuck no. Like, there's no way it's going to happen. If this is the Pokemon world, the police force is inept. <laughs> <laughs> they are so bad. It is one of our going trends that come up in our podcast all the time. How bad Officer Jenny really is. <laughs> <laughs> but they would bring you to child services or something like that. Like they, I would hope they could do that at least. I mean, most of the time she asks Ash to help her, this 10-year-old boy. (laughs) (laughs) So I go to her and I'm like, hey, my parents abandoned me. Can you give me child services? And it's like, would you like to help me bring you to child services? (laughs) (laughs) What's the way to child services? If you let me know, we'll start heading in that direction. Um, I feel like option one, you're, you're dead. You're gonna die. A ten-year-old kid. You're either dead or kidnapped, and then you have a new daddy, and his name is Robin Williams, and he makes you play on the street for money. Um, or if a terrorist organization, they're just stealing your work. You're still gonna live at the end. Of, maybe you have bad anxiety and schizophrenia. There's always someone following you. They're looking for me. But like number one, you're either dead or you have really bad mommy daddy issues. I don't know what's the lesser two evils there. I would go with terrorist organization. I want them to just follow me and steal my shit. Final answer. All right. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know where to go with this one. So, yeah. He'll Holden be a, sounds a like homeless he wants child being daddy. chased by a terrorist organization. If you don't decide, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Option All right, C. that's it for Game on Game Show. That is it for episode 209 of Respawn Being Fire. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us. Uh, that was really fun. I'm glad you were able to come on the show. Hopefully, we'll see you back. In the meantime, if someone's listening and they're not looking in the description of the podcast or the YouTube video where we will have this information, where do they find you again? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Ranzrick, R-A-N-Z-R-I-K. And then you can find my podcast at Pokemon Snapshot. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch on Thursday nights on twitch.tv slash engagefamilygaming, where I host the Engage Family Ga- EFG pod, the EFG show, along with Steven Dutzman. Dope. 
Thank you. And if you are listening at home, you have homework. We're going to be doing our barf episode. That's backlog accomplishment for Respawn and Friends Friends for Final Fantasy IX probably tomorrow night, sounds like. Uh, which means we start a new game, Red Dead Redemption 2, for both May and June. It's a two-monther again. So go get Red Dead Redemption 2 if you don't already have it. Play through it with us. Listen to me bitch about it at the end of June. Um, it's going to be great. <laughs> You can also go to patreon.com slash fire if you want to vote on our next game. So that'll be probably like mid-June when we have that up. But while you're there, you can also play with us on game nights on Thursday nights. You can also get dope wallpapers like there's the Mass Effect Legendary Edition coming out in May. That's this month. We have a Mass Effect themed Respawning Fire wallpaper you can get for all your stuff. It's pretty dope. And then also, if you want to be just like Jeff and you want to be on our show as a guest, you can go to affableidiots.com. You can get a uh, link to a survey where you can sign up to be on this show, on AAWY, and also with you, um, or make up a new show and put yourself on it. <laughs> <laughs> you have that choice. That's it, everyone. Oh, wait. Also, last thing. Go watch The Grind, Epic versus Apple. What's really yeah. going on? Just came out on Friday. Lots of in-depth, really great stuff. Claps to Holden for great work. Um, Thank you. That's it, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Bunger, 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 bunger. Bunger, bunger, bunger. <laughs> <laughs>